Welcome to Slaking Thirsts, a podcast that's all about bringing the thirst deep within our hearts for love and communion to the heart of Christ, a divine heart, who is seeking our love and communion in return. The hope is that the two thirsts would meet and both thirsts would be slaked. Friends, good morning. And it's freezing out there, but it's warm in here, thanks be to God. So, uh, Deacon Rich, I think there's a few more people at Mass this morning than yesterday. What would you say? Yeah. There was about five people at Mass last night. Um, I don't know. If more people showed up, prayed a little harder, might have turned out a little bit different. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Oh, man. Anyway, okay. So here's, here's one of the things that uh, I have on my mind this morning. So it's, um, it's pretty infrequent that uh, weekend to weekend, even though I'm the one who makes the mass schedule for Father Joe and myself, it's pretty infrequent that I have the same masses back to back, right? So last weekend I had the 1030 and the 5. This weekend I've got the 1030 and the 5, which means, I realized early in the week, that means I can kind of like build off of the homily that I had last week, a little like part one, part two action, right? So that's kind of what I had in mind this morning. Um, so that's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. But don't worry, I'll do a little recap if you weren't here last, uh, last weekend. I want to meditate on the question that Jesus asks the disciples of John the Baptist. He turns and he asks them this powerful and provocative question, what are you looking for? What are you looking for? I want to kind of do an extended meditation with us this morning on that question. But first, a little recap of last week, getting resituated. So last week we celebrated the end of the Christmas season with the Feast of the Epiphany, and I, uh, I unofficially, officially declared with all the power of my parochial vicarhood, I declared that the year 2024 would be the year of the heart. Pope Francis can decide whatever else he wants, but I'm saying it's the year of the heart. The year of the heart. And what I meant by that was I want it to be a year where we take our hearts and desires much, much, much more seriously to take our interests, to notice the things that attract us, and to take that all much more seriously. And I spoke about how the Magi, the wise men, how they were in touch with their hearts. They were in touch with this longing, this search, this, this looking for the fullness, right? They were in touch with that restlessness in us that St. Augustine talks about. And they allowed themselves to be moved by the emergence of this star, and they went forth on this journey. They followed their desires. Remember the word desire, the etymology of the word desire is Latin, desidere, which means from the stars, that the one who gives us our desires, our desires comes from the one who is beyond the stars, who hung the stars. So they were in touch with their longing and they followed their desires. And at the end of their journey, after all those many months traveling, they arrived in Bethlehem. And what they discovered was the astonishing reality that the one who had stirred up their desires in the first place, the one who had moved them in the first place, what they discovered was that that same one actually came in search of them. Remember, I used that image of the, the Basilica of Nativity in Bethlehem, that the star is on the ground. The spot that you venerate is surrounded by this beautiful silver star. That's the whole wonder of the incarnation that our God has come for us. Right? The one who hung the stars, who's beyond the stars, is on the ground, that he's that close. And I gave you homework last week. Those of you who weren't here last week, you're like, whew, whew, I got an excuse. But I did give you homework last week. I asked you to notice, to begin noticing the stars, to notice the things that are attracting you, piercing you. What is that 
that is moving you, that's touching your heart, that's stirring up your longings, right? And look, I, I, don't, I don't want us to, to, to overanalyze it or to psychologize it. I, I just want us to look at these things and to ask, like, what was it about this moment? Like, what was it about this particular experience that made it stand out from all the other experiences of life? Because we have, we have moments in our life where all of a sudden something breaks through, where we're just living life, and then all of a sudden there's life. And my friend, Father Ryan Mann, he's, he puts it this way. He says, most of life is just reading a book, but then there's moments of life that where it pops into a 3D pop-up book. It flashes before our eyes. It's fleeting, but it's there, right? What are the moments where that showed up? For my own life, I'll give you some examples from this past week. For my own life. So Thursday's my day off, and, and on Thursday this past week, over, I was over at my friend's house in Hudson, and I was, I was holding their five-month-old, Bridget, and uh, we were sitting in, I was sitting on the chair in the family room. She was just resting right here. She just got done nursing, and she I had a burp cloth right here. She's resting right here, and, uh, and like every few seconds, she would lift up her head and look at me and had this big, like, big, gummy, wide-eyed smile that was just big smile in her face, and she put her face back down right here. And then she would pick her head up, look at me again, put her face back down. It happened, like, for several minutes. It was, it was hilarious. It was awesome. And then eventually she just put her head down and then, like, nestled in and just went to sleep. And it was so precious. It was so precious. And my heart, what was my heart saying right there? Like, I want this forever. I want this forever. I want, I want her to stay like this forever. There's, there's a peace, a love, a tenderness, a goodness to this moment. Like, like this, Lord, whatever this is, this is like the kind of thing that I'm looking for. This is, like, this is what I want. Like this, but more than this. But yet it's something like this, right? But what eventually happened? I did have to eventually get up and go. I had to eventually give her back to her mom. I had to put my shoes on. I had to get in my car, and I had to go, right? It didn't last. Nothing lasts. That's the point, right? All the beauty that pierces us, that moves us, that surrounds us, that lifts us up, that melts our hearts, it all eventually goes away. Like, like I know, and you know, we all know that none of it lasts, and yet... Despite knowing it, we still want it to. We want it to last. We want it to stay. Or, or here's another example. The, the church here, for example. The way that our church was decorated for Christmas, I'm so blown away. I'm so grateful for Amy Uhas, wherever she is. She's here somewhere. For, for her and her team, who do such an amazing job of decorating our church for Christmas and Easter. And just, it is like... I would put them up against any of the greatest decorators in the world. Like, to scoot just to the side, cathedral, we got the decorators here. Like, it is unbelievable. They do such a good job. Anyway, coming into the church last Sunday for the Feast of the Epiphany, I walked up those steps right there by the sacristy door, and you know how there was, we had the poinsettias by the TV. Like, I looked at the poinsettias, and I immediately got mad at the poinsettias. I got mad at the flowers. Two reasons. I'll tell you why. One the dumb flowers were already wilting. How dare they? <laughs> they were already wilting. And I was mad 
also because I knew that this time next Sunday that they were going to be gone. That all of the beauty that was in this church for Christmas, for those days after Christmas, I mean, we got little vestiges. Thank you, Amy, for leaving some poinsettias like this, you know, like helps carry us through. But it's all gone, basically, right? The trees are gone. The lights are gone. The garland's gone. It's gone. This stunning beauty that was here that moved us, your Christmas trees, I'm sure they're down, they're off to the curb, or they're tucked away, the decorations are down and gone. All the beauty, it's gone. And I hate that. Or back to Thursday last week. So before I got over to those friends' house, I, I had lunch with some other friends for, with, their, uh, with their three youngest kids, and we went out to, uh, they picked this diner in town. We went to this amazing diner that I'd never been to. And I had for lunch, I had this unbelievable turkey Reuben. There's turkey Reubens, and then there's this turkey Reuben, okay? It was unbelievable. And eating this thing, it was a tragic experience. And here's why. I got halfway through, and I looked at my plate. I looked at the other half of the sandwich, and I knew I had more space in me than there was sandwich on the plate. <laughs> and that was awful. I didn't want it to end. I didn't want these flavors, this deliciousness. I wanted more of it. Or who saw the sunrise last Friday? Anybody else see the sunrise last Friday? Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It was unreal. I got my cup of coffee. I was on the porch of the rectory, looked out to the sky, and it was like on fire. It was pinks and reds and oranges like I couldn't even believe. Right? I just stood there, freezing, shivering with a cup of coffee. And I stood there and I watched it, but I eventually watched it kind of slip behind the gray. And it went away. And I was mad. Like, here's the, here's the point, friends. Like, stay with me on this. Like, what do we discover if we linger with our hearts, with our experiences long enough? If we sit with that and sit with it long enough, if we actually listen to our hearts, what we hear in us is this cry. This cry, this deep longing for the infinite. Like we hear this hunger, this thirst, this cry for a kind of life. Like I want this kind of life where beauty doesn't fade. Where the joys of life don't end. Where we're loved perfectly and reverenced perfectly and known perfectly. Where all the goodness of flavor and food and all the pleasures of life, where they don't pass. None of us want it to be fleeting. I want a kind of life that is untouched by death that's untouched by disease or untouched by decay, where flowers don't wilt. I want the fullness of life. You want the fullness of life. Have you felt this? This is the question. Have you felt this? Or are you like most of us? Do you just shut that down? Like many of us, what we do is we just shut down that part of our hearts or we bully our hearts into submission Saying to ourselves, like, just, like, shut up already. Like, like, stop whining. Grow up. Stop complaining. Vacations end. Like, meals end. The sun rises. The sun sets. Flowers wilt. People you love move away. People you love die. Everyone dies. What are you complaining about? <sighs> we shut down our hearts. And we tell ourselves that it's childish or it's selfish or naive to want so much out of life, and we become jaded. And then, and then we come here to Mass, like we are here this weekend. We come here to Mass, and we hear Jesus asking us in this Gospel, because he is asking us in this Gospel, 
He's asking us, what are you looking for? Other translations, what are you seeking? What do you desire? And most of us, honestly, we don't know. We don't know. Because we're so numbed or we're so tired or, or we're just so afraid of even naming out loud, whispering this thing that we hope for and long for because it's such a precious desire. Or maybe we even just sidestep the question entirely and, and hide behind a false piety and say, oh, no, 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 whatever you want, Lord, that's what I want. And he's the Lord of the universe. He, he's the one who made you. He's the one who hung the stars for you, who redeemed you. And whether you like it or not, he is asking you. He is asking you, what are you looking for? What do you desire? It might not matter to you, but it matters to him. You're welcome to keep him out and to stay on the surface and think that Christianity is and always has been about following rules so that I can be a good boy and good girl and then one day die and go to heaven. So you can think that it's primarily about morals and virtues, about being kind to others. You're welcome. You are welcome and free to stay in the shallows and avoid Jesus' question of your heart. But he's asking it. He is asking this question. He has his eyes on your heart. He has his eyes on your heart and he wants to know. More than anything, what do you desire? And don't just think like, okay, I have to think really holy, churchy, pious desires. You all, we all, all of a sudden turn to Miss America. World peace. That's all I want, Lord. I wanted a Cinnabon this morning. I saw an advertisement on my iPad for Cinnabon. I wanted a Cinnabon. Lord, I want a Cinnabon. That's what I'm talking about. Are you even willing to name your desires? Because he wants to. He needs to get us in touch with our hearts. Our hearts thirst for the infinite. Our hearts thirst and longing for fullness. Because why? Because that's who he is. That's who he is. If we never let our hearts be engaged, if we never allow ourselves to feel our thirst, to feel that cry in us for the infinite, we'll never grasp what it is that Jesus is offering me. And let's be clear about this. What is he offering me? What is he not offering me? He never promised us that he would offer us, that he would give us perfect satisfaction in this life. That's utopianism. That's not Catholicism. That's not the gospel. He didn't say you would be perfectly satisfied in this life. He called them, blessed are you who hunger and thirst, blessed poverty. That's what he said. He said, you will, before the, the Last Supper, he said, you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will turn into joy. So you have sorrow now, but I will see you again, and your hearts will rejoice and no one will take your joy from you. He promised us in this life there will come a time where no one and nothing will take our joy from us. That we will have a joy, a beauty, a love that's so secure that nothing can touch it. He says to us, I will come back for you and take you to myself. 
so that where I am, you also will be. And that's when our joy will be full. That's when it will be complete. That's when it will be lasting. So in this life, what does he do? He gives us four tastes of the kingdom, four tastes of this known, unknown life that we're all looking for. Gives us little appetizers, crumbs that fall from the banquet table. And what happens? These things, they come and they go, and they're meant to lift us and give us hope. Right? It's something like this. It's going to be something like this. But it comes and it goes, and that is the cross, friends. That's the cross. That it's all joined together. That's the ache. That's the agony and the ecstasy. Holding Bridget, giving her back. Eating the turkey Reuben and finishing the sandwich. Watching the sunrise and then watching it disappear, disappear behind the gray. He fires up our desires and he invites us to ache for the fullness. The ache is good. The ache is good. The ache is good. The ache is good. It's like a homing beacon saying, this is leading you home. And then he, then he invites us here to feed our hope with his very body and blood, with the bread of angels, the food of immortality, right? In the Eucharist, he says, you will be satisfied. It's coming. It's coming. Like, that's what the Eucharist is. It's, it's our manna in the desert. It's our food for this journey of life, heading home to our promised land. It's the thing that's sustaining us on our pilgrimage. Remember how the manna in the Old Testament, the manna, it tasted like honey, and where were they journeying? To the land flowing with milk and honey. The food tasted like the destination. This is the food of eternal life. It tastes like the destination, which is eternal life. That's what we're all looking for. Eternal life, which is not just simply that you don't die or that you live forever. It's the fullness of life. Pope Benedict, he put it this way, that he called eternal life the supreme moment of satisfaction. The thing that got stirred up in me with all of these decorations in the church, the, with the Reuben that I ate on Thursday, holding baby Bridget, like that desire for endless beauty, endless love, endless goodness, that's, that's what I'm looking for. Time's infinity. And that infinite one, that infinite one, that my heart and your heart is looking for, that infinite one who comes to us in the Eucharist, who is speaking to us in the gospel today, he says to us, come and see. Master, Lord, where are you staying? Come and see. Come and see. Be with him. Come and stay with him. And a lifetime of staying with him being with him, feasting on the Eucharist, you'll close your eyes on this world and you'll wake up in eternity. That's the gospel, friends. That's our hope. Amen.